Gaming Cyberspace, and welcome to episode 254 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal partners. First things first, Angelo, we have made it. It's the last episode of 2023. How are you feeling, right? Because this drops right after Christmas, right after Boxing Day. And if you know, if you're living in the Commonwealth. And so, like, chances are you're probably full of food, full of presents. I hope that, uh, you know, Santa was nice to you this year, right? I hope he was. This, uh, it's always fun to get to the last episode, and what I'm happy about is that the ho-ho horror for this episode was actually a good movie. So, funnily enough, I didn't realize this, but like last year for the first edition, we kind of tried our best to find the good movies, whereas I just tried to take you in a weird journey that culminated in a good movie in the end. Yeah, exactly. But, but you, know what isn't, you know what isn't good, Brian? <laughs> what isn't good, Angelo? People that want to buy an Apple Watch last minute in the United States. Yeah, that is not happening. That is not happening, right? And so walk me through this, right? Because I saw the headline yesterday and I said, oh, that's kind of weird. I wonder what's going on with this. And then I did a deep dive and it's a little more intricate than I figured. Yeah, I was listening to a few explanations of it on various podcasts this week. And it really seems like Apple is totally in the wrong here. From the way it's been explained, this uh, company, it's a medical device maker named Massimo. And they actually were approached by Apple several years ago to work with them on this type of technology. And they basically, like, it didn't work out. Yeah. And then apparently Apple started getting some of their employees. So the the technology Apple uses is sort of theirs, but not really because right. it's so similar. So this is a really legitimate case. And Apple's in the wrong and they're totally like reaping what they sow here. Because if this was the other way around, Apple would totally well, yeah, would them, annihilate right? these people. So just like what's happening with the uh, the beeper me thing, right? Like where uh, that company tried to get iMessage working on Android devices yes. in a really roundabout and pretty illegal sounding way, right? They're using <laughs> old. I think they're using serial numbers from old Macs that aren't in use anymore or something. It's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. Like I don't even I don't even know how it lasted a day. Yeah. So th- so that was <laughs> and also, how did you think this was a sustainable business model, right? Like the, how does that work? Yeah. So in in that case, right, Apple's in the right there yeah. to actually go after that because it is now the broader sense of that is should Apple open up iMessage to everybody? Do they really have to? It's an iPhone the only thing. It's like saying, you know, uh PlayStation should have uh, The Last of Us on every uh, on every console. They, yeah, they exactly. can keep it if they want. If you don't, if you want to use iMessage, you got to buy an iPhone. If not, guess what? There's text messages. There's what's it's not a life altering kind of thing, right? Exactly. Just pre- it's a it's a preference, not a need. Exactly. Whereas in terms of a patent dispute, this is uh, yeah, this is pretty clearly in the favor of Massimo. Yeah. Uh, Apple was hoping they'd get a a veto from uh, President Biden. That did not happen. And <laughs> a last-minute stay of uh, Apple yeah. or, or, or device execution almost. We're okay here in Canada. We can still get it because I guess the patent doesn't work here. I guess yeah, it's I'm not quite US sure patent, how that right? works so. across the border. I'm not like the world's biggest IP guy, right? But I think fundamentally if Apple wants their IP respected, they also have to respect other people's exactly. intellectual property, right? So it goes exactly. both I, I IP stuff and patent disputes are often pretty scummy, right? There's those patent trolls. Remember what was happening in the podcasting industry, like, like, like what, five or six years ago at this point? Yeah, when we started, we talked about that for a while, yeah. I think, right? Of the so, idea of trying to patent the concept of two white guys speaking. 
yeah, which is exactly. you know a time immemorial thing. Yeah, I think they they were heading back towards like mailing tapes to people. So. <laughs> I yeah, feel so like anyway, we should we should come back and mail tapes to each other. Yeah, and then just distribute them amongst our listeners. Did I ever tell you I did that as a kid? I had a, a friend who lived on Ontario, and we used to send tapes to each other where it was talking and music. That's really cool. No, you yeah. never told me that. That's yeah, neat. no, yeah. I was like uh, 10, 11. We had uh, one of those realistic brand, like the, the Radio Shack brand um, oh, yeah. boomboxes uh, with a dubbing feature, right? So then a small microphone hole in the corner, so I'd speak into the microphone hole and uh, record that and then like would play songs off the radio. And now here we are many years later, just actually seeing each other and speaking exactly. into microphones and recording. Do you ever wonder, like, you know, if 10 year old you was told these things, like, obviously, like a part of you would be like, yeah, of course that makes sense. But part of you would be like, wow, this is insane to me. Last night at the dinner table, we were talking about the future and uh, how the future of Back to the Future is going to be nine years ago now. Yep. And my son was asking questions about, well, how did they know how accurate was it? What did you think when you first saw it? And when I first saw it, I thought, this looks futuristic, right? Yeah. Like when you watch it in 1989, 2015 seems really far away. And they got... Like some of the aesthetics were kind of not too far off. Other things were completely far off, like the the rehydrator thing for the pizza. That was kind of. That'd I'm also be amazing, waiting for Jaws though. 19, right? That's the yeah. other thing. I mean, we ended with four, unfortunately. I know. Well, that's fine. Um, that's the Michael Caine one. It's not a great one, right? So yeah. So but that is a really interesting concept, right? And I think it's it's fascinating because it goes both ways too. Once again, because some people get inspired by tech, right? About seeing, you know, how many stories of entrepreneurs who watched Star Trek growing up who took some part of Star Trek and decided to like create their own version. We'll say the thing with, with back to the future too, right? Like the hoverboard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's never going to be something that's actually going to happen, but we've come kind of close to it with Star Trek, right? Look at the Star Trek, right? Yeah. Star Trek, right? It's literally almost Star Trek in the name. Yeah, exactly. And when that phone came out, it was the communicator from Star Trek. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, right? Is that there's a lot of like really fun ways in which to interpret pop culture into um, you know, some kind of creative or business endeavor too, right? Like it's it's a fascinating kind of mix of um, being inspired by and then also like feeding in to inspire others. That's actually what we were talking about uh, when with the family saying how do they invent these things? Well, they kind of look at what they've seen in movies and, and science fiction. One of the things that a lot of movies that dealt with our current present and when they were made the future – they didn't see the smartphone company coming yeah. at all, right? Like, if you look at Back to the Future, they're still sending faxes to each other. Yeah, so, like, it's just, it's this wild thing, right? Oh, the f- you're fired one? Yeah, the you're fired fax. I feel more companies should do that. You know, just really lean into that, like, the evil capitalists kind of angle on that. Great, good idea. <laughs> Angel, let us talk about the last movie of Ho Ho Horror 2023. movie that i hadn't seen i saw the trailer for um it's a movie from 2022 it's called christmas bloody christmas and it was a shutter original um right i feel like you can watch it on a bunch of like other streaming services now maybe but i gotta say 
I kind of loved it for different reasons. I obviously not the perfect movie, but uh, there's a lot to, to root for here. So essentially, let's walk through the plot super quickly, right? So the main character is a woman named Tori. So Tori owns a record store. Firstly, a very ill-lit record store. Like if you wanted shoplifters to congregate, <laughs> the dim lighting there would be perfect. Yeah, you can walk in looking for one album and walk out with another because you didn't see what you're buying. Exactly. So her and her employee, Robbie, have a will day and won't they relationship. Um, they're hanging out at the record store. Um, Robbie talks Tori out of go to meet this, like, one guy from Tinder, I think. I can't remember his name or Bumble. But um, basically, like, everyone Tinder. knows him. And he pulls up, like, a video of this guy, like, playing guitar really badly in order with to be eyeliner. like, let's just go drink instead, right? Um, and then what also happens is that their friend who co-owns the toy store nearby comes in because his wife needs a record. He's not sure sure which record to get, so Tori helps him out. And so they lock up shop. They're talking. They talk a lot about, like, different Christmas things, uh, including the Lemmy and Dave Grohl uh, Run Rudolph Rudolph, uh, Run Rudolph Run uh, rendition. Um, They go over, offer the booze to the uh, toy store people. And during this time, we also find out, of course, that there's, like, a cyborg i guess right it's a a cyborg it's a military grade robot that's yeah. been used in wars that's been retrofitted to be santa exactly like a very easy santa and also i forgot to mention one of my favorite things of course is when you're world world building is uh the movie opens with two commercials like two fit commercials yeah really, really weird ones too with the dr- the kids the dr- yeah the, the kids booze yeah yeah um did you notice who the uh co-owner of the toy store was and no, and I know you know who he is. Well, it's fellow podcaster Jonah Ray from the Nerdist podcast. I don't know if he's still. I haven't listened to the Nerdist in years, but it was uh, it was one of the first podcasts I saw live. So I've actually seen him in person. <laughs> and now you're just you're quizzing him on how that's going, right? Yeah. Although unfortunately, I didn't get a picture with him. I did get a picture with Chris Hardwick, which seems problematic now. Yeah, I was well. Anyways, let's talk about that. But if, uh, something else about about Jonah Ray that I didn't realize because I I clocked it was him, but I also saw a movie at Fantasia this summer that he was in called Suitable Flesh. Okay, so he's doing uh, the horror movie genre. Yeah, I guess so. Suitable Flesh is a lot of fun, though. It's, it's Heather Graham who plays a psychiatrist who's trying to oh. figure out like what one of her younger patients is going through. It's a really, really interesting uh, movie that I, I really enjoyed. So I would suggest if anyone wants to watch a non-Christmas movie, go and watch that. If you want to watch a Christmas movie, Christmas Bloody Christmas is pretty freaking good. Yeah, it's by far the best one of the movies we watched. So let us talk about the robot. The robot becomes activated. And as Jonah Ray and his wife are fooling around in the toy store... Um, and Axe gets used. <laughs> oh, he! I feel like he got he got chopped up down the middle. Down the middle, yeah, like split open, yeah, essentially. Yeah, something like out of a Mortal Kombat fatality. Exactly. Yeah, that's Kung how I Lao, felt a little Kung bit. Kung Lao slicing with his hat. Yeah, exactly. I really enjoyed that part of it. And how did uh, the robot yes. get activated? I, I don't know. That's so. That's one of the things. Okay, that's, that's one of the things plot, that yeah. I'm kind of like questioning. Right. So number one, how did the robot get activated and go into kill mode? Um. Usually a manufacturer would be able to overwrite that. And then two, why isn't anyone calling the toy store to alert them to this? There was a news report of these robots going rogue, right? Yeah, we but saw... a news report isn't the same as like, hey, listen, there's a huge problem with our robots. Yeah, I, I actually thought that was Jackie Earl Haley, the uh, the newscaster. Sort of yeah, like no, him. it's not, though. But, but it's not, I know yeah. it's not, but it looked like him. Yeah. Yeah, so that was odd that these things are not being recalled with like the utmost haste. Yes, exactly. Like, there's no, there's no <laughs> urgency to this one, right? Um, because they're literal murder machines. Exactly. And so, what happens there is, so yeah, so they get murdered. Um, uh, Tori and Robbie end up at the bars. There's an extended bar scene there. 
Um, it's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. They banter back and forth. You feel like the there's sheriff? some tension. And the sheriff, yeah. We so Sheriff the Monroe. Sheriff. The bantering was great. And they mentioned a few things in the bantering that we've actually talked about on the show. At one point, they mentioned last year's ho-ho-horror movie, Black Christmas. They did. Yeah, exactly. They mentioned a bunch of uh, ho-ho-horror movies that we could probably do. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun to to hear. Um, and so, yeah, inevitably, they're like a little drunk. They're wandering around. And uh, Santa's kind of making his way around town um, looking for his next kill. And so they uh, – so Robbie and Tori end up at, back at Tori's place. And she's like, hey, listen, my sister and her family are here. They're very boring. Don't worry about it, et cetera, et cetera. And the house is kind of weird because there are like odd steps up. It is the weirdest house I've ever seen. Yeah. Her lighting is bizarre. Yeah. She has a really cool house though. So her record store must be doing well. I assume so. Like, it was pretty busy before closing up, right? Because she didn't mention yeah. how much they had made that night, or Robbie had, uh, when they were closing up early on in the movie. She's got a great place, really nice house. Like, she's got, does she have mirrors on her ceiling? She has I mirrors she on her have, ceiling. Yeah. yeah, she's an interesting person. I want to talk about the deepest cut, the deepest reference here, Angela, and it's something that I knew you'd mention. Um, when, when I said, when I finished the movie, I said, I know there's going to be something you want to talk about. Um, they make mention of the Terror Vision 6 vinyl box unsolved mysteries box set like the instrumental box sets right um that got put out in 2018 because she owns it and robbie asked her why she owns it yeah well because she really is into those synths from the uh unsolved mysteries theme song i didn't realize this thing existed or maybe if i did i forgot about it i feel like rob and i from our strange guys have talked about it um okay. like but like when it came out essentially um but yeah it exists and so like that is such a deep cut and there's so many like nerdy deep cut moments that I felt like it was almost overkill, like the writing was a little too leaning into references, perhaps. And I understand this is the way in which um, Tori and Robbie communicate, right? And they're on again, like, uh, will they, won't they, finally they do. But it's kind of like this weird um, uh, going down the rabbit hole a little too deep, I think. Did you feel it fell into, like, Kevin Williams, Williams or Williamson Williamson. writing from, yeah, Kevin Williamson writing from, like, Scream and Dawson's Creek type thing? Yeah, a little too on the nose with pop culture references. I actually... Definitely agree, and I think that like if you're not interested in those topics, it's kind of a turnoff. I think they go over your head too, or yeah. just like beside you, not or like, like over trying your to figure out whether or not these are actual things they're talking about. Yeah, because there is a lot. Their banter, I enjoyed it because I like that type of stuff, but yeah. I can see how it could be a turnoff. But yeah. for me, like I love the Scream movies. I used to watch Dawson's Creek. I like that type of writing when it's. I feel like it's made for me, even though it's borderline unrealistic. Most oh, people yeah. don't talk yeah. like that. Also, like. I don't even want to talk about Dawson's Creek because it makes me very angry. Yeah. So look, so they uh, kind of hook up finally. Yep. Will they or won't they? They will. They will, correct. But meanwhile, while they're doing that, there's a poor family, their neighbors, <laughs> who she doesn't really get along with, no. that are not doing well tonight. Exactly. And by not doing well, you mean murdered. Murdered. So the dad is the first to go, and he gets an axe in the back and, for good measure, curb stomped into yes. the stairs, yes. which was... Really graphic. So this movie is extremely graphic. Yes. Well, I think we'll. I want to talk about a bit of that after. Okay. Great. You. Yeah. Then uh, next is the poor mom who finds uh, the dad getting curb stomped, and she, I guess, closes the door, and he comes in, uh, Jack uh, Nicholson style from The Shining. <laughs> yes. And uh, she does not do well protecting herself, and no. she goes pretty quick, no. and then. There's the kid. And I'm like, okay, well, they're not going to kill a kid in this movie. Oh, they kill a kid. Yeah. Assault on Precinct 13 style, they kill a kid. Like, really bad. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of horrifying. 
I I didn't I, expect it to happen. Love it. I love it. I love axed. those choices. I love those more risque choices that I think makes it a more realistic movie, right? Because then he like, comes through the window later on. Yes. So, yeah. So he then goes over to Tori's house and starts doing his thing. Yeah. So she tries to hide and her brother-in-law is a big oaf of a dum-dum. Yeah, exactly. He does like, not know how to fight. And, well, no, not just that. He's not understanding that they're trying to hide because there's a murderer outside and he's yeah. speaking loudly. Yes. And, yeah, because they have to shush him a bunch of times. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So he gets axed first. Like the kid comes through the window broken. Yes. And then the brother-in-law gets it. Then her sister gets her head twisted off, <laughs> yes. essentially. And they run off. And get into yeah. His so Tor and Robbie get into Robbie's car, which isn't working well, and then he ends up backing up into a tree, and then uh, a man. The neighbor, to, yeah, yeah. The neighbor, and comes then out. Uh, yeah, he gets murdered. He gets yeah, murdered so by the, Santa. Yeah, yeah. So then, well, the neighbor comes out because he scratched his ugly car that kept blocking her spot. That guy gets killed. Axed, then poor, axed in the back again. Yeah, again. Then poor Robbie gets it. Yeah, like, uh, badly. Yeah. yeah, and then the cops show up, or, or should I say, like one cop who doesn't believe her, and the cop gets axed. Yep. And then she takes off in the cop car. Exactly. And she's going uh, – she gets stopped by two other cops eventually who are very mad at her because they don't understand the situation. They think she probably may have caused some killing. Well, what would you think, Brian, if you were oh, the cops? Oh, totally. I, I, like, I, would, I feel like the cops were in the right at this point. Yes. Covered in blood in a, yes. in a cop car. Their friend is not responding. As much as cops can sometimes be problematic, in this case, I feel like they were in the right. Right. I – do not disagree with that concept or, okay. or that assertion. So she then she gets thrown into the back seat. They drive to the um, the police station, of course, where we meet again the sheriff. So Sheriff Monroe is there again, and uh, yeah, they uh, think that she's lying, and then yeah. they see an ambulance coming around. Yeah, well, like so, Chef Monroe is a chef. Chef, Monroe. yeah, <laughs> Chef Monroe. He, did you know he also owns the restaurant in the town? It's yeah, exactly. It's just town. all tied together. Yeah. So Sheriff Monroe is a lot more understanding and thoughtful in talking to her. The other cop, who I can't remember his name, is uh, is pretty much a terrible cop, right? Like, at yeah. first, okay, he had a good reason to be uh, apprehensive about what Tori was saying. Yes. But now that she's kind of calmed down, sort of, as much as you possibly can when you see most people you know get murdered, he's still not really listening to her, no. unlike the sheriff, which no. is a lot better. At least the sheriff is sheriff for a reason. He seems... Down to earth and more understanding. Yeah. So uh, an ambulance comes by and basically like crashes into a cop car. And that is like the unfortunately like the visual effect that like is the least good one because the explosion looks very fake. But Brian, cop cars just explode like <laughs> in crazy. CGI when you flames, yeah. In very uh, rudimentary CGI flames. Yeah. So then, okay, they, they start believing in what Tori has to say. So she grabs a gun. Yeah. And the two cops go out there and they're summarily destroyed. And at this point, she has no idea it's a robot. She still thinks – she was explaining how she thinks that it took the clothes from the Santa exactly, yeah. robot. She does yeah. not realize it's a robot. And now – so now these two cops buy it. Like we the, – the poor sheriff goes flying. Oh, flying. The other yeah. guy gets murdered. And then we have a very Terminator-esque scene. Yes. I, wa- I love this. Yeah. So, so Tori is hiding inside of the police station under a desk as – the robot starts flipping desks and, like, axing desks. She finally gets discovered, but she has a taser. Tases it. It kind of short circuits, sort yep. of. Um, it does not become Johnny Five, <laughs> unfortunately for her. 
they go outside, and this is what I meant. Like, so this whole thing is Terminator esque, where after it gets kind of crushed by something, I can't remember yeah. exactly what crushed it, but it sort of like rips out its own arm. And then yes. at this point, she's realizing it's a robot, and uh, things are not going well. So that's the funny thing is when she's talking to the sheriff, like in this, the two prior scenes, she mentions it looks like the Santa from the toy store. Yeah. But and then she, she wants to go check to see if the couple is still okay. Yeah. And she thinks it stole the clothes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the, it leads up to her getting back to the record store where there is an incredible fight scene between the two of them, right? I love yeah. this fight scene so much because it is unrelenting. And just when you think it's over, it's not over, right? To yeah. a point that like you get you get Tori's frustration. And I think it was a really, really well-edited um, battle between the two, right? And there's some cool stuff, right? Like, for example, like the robot's eyes yeah not working anymore so just green laser shooting out of course to make it more stylistic and th- there's a lot of fighting going on she keeps trying to demolish it in different ways and finally like she even uses a sword yeah at one point like like i was wondering like what kind of what kind of record store has like a ceremonial sword or like a prop yeah, sword like you know decoration yeah cool. um so she uses the sword doesn't work and then like you know she keeps trying all these methods and finally she does it and the last shots are cool because it's it's it just pressed black with like her lying on the on the sidewalk slash street, I'm not quite sure. Where yeah, it is, but she's outside. Yeah, I like I like the way it ended. It just doesn't it just ends basically. Yeah, and so that's uh, I loved I love this movie. So uh, Leah, let's talk about a bunch of things, right? So firstly, okay. like this movie is very stylized. Like the set dressers and set decorators are the stars, the unsung stars of this movie. Like don't get me wrong, the actors portraying Tori and Robbie are really good. They have chemistry. It's very interesting. You feel like they actually would hang out outside of this movie. But to me, what makes the movie different uh, is that producer, writer, director, <laughs> Joe Bagos understood how to stylize a movie properly and make it distinctive. So the tone is like very interesting and the neon everywhere is also super interesting too. the bright lights, the way that these sets are decorated, like everything, everything, even the look of the robot, right. With the, like the green lasers coming out and the different kind of colors, um, definitely make this really interesting. Cause a lot of movies now go muted. I find right. Where this kind of went the other way entirely. And I feel like as a viewer, you're rewarded for paying attention. I wonder if there's an H- HDR version of the movie. Cause the only no, one was think HD so, because yeah. it would be amazing in HDR. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. And also, like, I think I read this on IMDb. I'm going to pull up IMDb right now before I forget. But apparently it's like there's like five swears a minute or something is like averaged. Well, okay. So that was one of my notes was that there's a lot of swearing in this movie. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So the film features 487 uses of profanity with an average of 5.6 per minute. Impressive. Yeah. I mean, every second word out of her mouth is some sort of thing we'd have to bleep on the podcast. <laughs> True. Unless we were just going the adults only route. Um, something else that I wanted to note is uh, clearly shot in a warm climate. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Uh, okay. Much. If you notice the first couple of scenes where there's like snow and stuff, you could tell that the snow is being blown in by a machine or a combination okay. machine in CGI. Uh, Cause I just, just let the, the magic looks... happen, Brian. I yeah. just let the magic happen. <laughs> well, I think that's like the downside of, uh, a higher def uh, movie viewing experience is you could spot that a little bit better. Like we were talking about the puppet strings from the Santa Claus last week, yeah. right? And how like on the VHS, not nearly as noticeable as like a 1080p like rip. Mm-hmm, for sure. And did the movie felt also grainy on purpose? Yes, right? absolutely. Like a film That's a definite. Yeah. To it. 
that was a distinctive choice that they did. Um, something else that I loved, of course, is the editing. I felt the editing was, like, really, really tight, especially the fight sequences. Like, um, the building of tension in the police station scene was, like, really solid, I found. And then the final battle, too, of, like, the exasperation of this, like, evil machine just not stopping, I found, was, like, yeah. really interesting. Relentless. Yeah. Uh, in a way that, like, isn't always the case in movies like this, right? So I feel like the pacing there was, like, super solid. I – look – it has to do maybe with the crappy movies we watched the last few weeks, but <laughs> even on its own, I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great violent Christmas movie. It's not as good as Violent Night. I actually may prefer to Violent Night. Really, I, I, I maybe okay. so. Yeah. Violent Night is a great movie, but I also feel like there's maybe ten or fifteen minutes too much in there. Okay, yeah, this is great. Like it's not long. No, it's like in and out. Minutes. You enjoy what's happening. Gets to the point. There's nothing dragging. No. The will they or won't they doesn't last that long. My so that's that's like my my one big kind of note is that I feel like they didn't spend enough time building up the robot. He just happens. But that's what I mean, right? Up, there's not yeah. there's not a ton more information offered apart from the the news scene, right? And the commercial at the beginning. But I felt like there are there should have been like a little bit more tension building on that side. Like, don't get me wrong, like I enjoyed the back and forth, the will they won't they, but I feel like that ate up so much of the first third of the movie that i understand like you know there's a killer robot kind of makes sense but i feel like there could have been a little bit more tension being built over on that side and like you know maybe uh you know another news report about how they're being activated like we were talking about before would be a good one there's a couple of plot holes like that where i'm like yeah we don't know yeah yeah we don't know anything about that but maybe that's the point right he wanted to keep it a mystery yeah i yeah and i understand that i just feel like to me as someone who like has set through a lot of these i feel like there's a little bit of tension lacking obviously like the last third of course my favorite third of the movie um but i feel like it was interesting to kind of try to pick through the mystery and like you're saying like maybe it maybe we didn't need to know right um but yeah i know i think that and the two ending references at one point kind of got to me a little bit yeah for a second when you said to me that has been through, like, I thought you were going to say has been through several robot attacks. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I mean, multi-robot attack survivor. All, all the entire line of ED robots, right? Yeah. So uh, is, is ED-209 your favorite? To fight? No. Yeah. No, he's hard because he can stomp on you. But if you get him trying to go downstairs, he'll just fall. Well, I like the Tom Noonan uh, uh, Robocop 2 one, the guy who, like, lives off Nuke. Yeah. That's a what was he called? N- uh, oh, I don't remember. Kane. Was it? Yeah. I was going to say he's Robocop 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the second Robocop to Robocop. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed Christmas Bloody Christmas. I saw the trailer and I decided, hey, I think that we need to give ourselves a, a gift here. Yeah, and it was a great way to end our month of uh, horror movies based on Christmas, even though several of the horror movies were neither horror nor Christmas based. <laughs> one was not a horror movie no and one was not a christmas movie well that was that was by design right yeah what was Before the first movie you watched honestly... i can't remember now sorry what was the first movie you jack watched? frost jack frost yes there we go jack frost was the the weird so, bathroom murder the tub can murder. we rate the movies we could one to four like yeah. our okay so my number four easily and like way down at the bottom of the list was uh ginger dead man no, Christmas, Bloody Christmas. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a dead man and the evil bong. Really, really yeah. terrible. Like, you almost revealed an, un, an unproduced sequel there, Ginger Dead Man versus the evil blog. 
Yeah, or, was, uh, they, or blonde. Oh, true. I, f- I prefer blog. Like, trying to figure out how um, a small ginger dead man would combat the evils of the internet would be kind of interesting as a movie. Possibly. So, so then yeah, I agree with you. Th- yeah. I agree. Yeah. Number four is that. Yeah. Number three, can we agree? Santa Claus? Nope. Oh, you think you think Jack Frost is number three? Yes. I think because Santa Claus has a lot of nostalgic value for No. Him. No. So the reason Jack Frost is number three is like it was a competent movie. It was fine. But you know me. I love a good bad movie. Santa okay. Claus to me is just a, a truly odd movie that has so many strange moments in it that when you step back, you, there are so many things we can point to in that movie that are like weird and fun and strange to think about. Like okay. we spent an hour talking about it last week. Like yeah, I just, and- there's, there's a lot there. And to me, like that makes a better movie experience. Okay. I understand. And for me, the thing is, is the gulf between t- uh, three and four is vast, is vast. Yeah, and between two and three is very close. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, but Christmas bloody Christmas, of course takes it right for me. Yeah. For yeah. Then it goes, yeah. Then there's another big gulf between yeah. the, yeah, because that's, <laughs> It, it was – I was – never through the movie was I ever feeling like, why am I even watching this? No, exactly. Like, I I sat down and I, I enjoyed it so much. I actually um, delayed having supper because I wanted to finish the movie. Great. Like, yeah, I watched it all in one shot. The other movies I had to watch in, in bits and pieces because I just couldn't. Like, just just, couldn't you went, couldn't take yeah. it no, all at it was, once? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you survived. So, Angela, before I leave, I wanted to read some listener mail. So, Trish emailed us and said, I wish you two a very happy Xmas. And in 2024, you're free of spontaneous combusting, being probed by aliens, rocks thrown at you by big feet, and finally, no message on your EVP of your soul being possessed by a poltergeist. Trish, thank you so much. And the same goes for you. Those um, are warm wishes for us. Yeah, exactly. Warm yeah. holiday wishes. Angela, if there's one thing that you could uh, say out loud, secret style, vision board style for 2024, what is something you'd like to do on the podcast? On the podcast is maybe have a few more diverse guests. Yeah. That would be really fun to do. Yeah, have I agree. Different guests from different point of views that we haven't necessarily had in it. And maybe bring back some old guests, right? Like there's a bunch of people that I'd love to have back on too. So uh, maybe have like more guests on the show this year. Yeah, I feel like it's strange you're, when you were saying that. Like apart from Robin and Ellie, like it had been a little like we got a long stretch with just being you and I for a while. Yeah. And yeah. I, 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 and I think that's great too, because uh, uh, you Do know, you hate from me? Be, behind the scenes, uh, it's always easier when there's no guests, right? Because yeah, we, we just we're uh, like we just have to accommodate ourselves, and there's not really much to worry about. Exactly, but it also adds like I feel like guests bring a different dynamic. So I always Definitely. enjoy having a guest on, and I love I love having week. a guest yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Like last week was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking about different Christmas creatures yeah. that now live in my brain. Yeah, great. Like yeah, knowing there well, are 13 Yule lads is very bothersome to me, knowing that they exist. Well, the one they like all the things they can do to you and take yeah. to you. Like, the very you. specific singular things they can do to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Licking my For own, me, my on my end, on. I'd love to do a little bit more like the Heaven's Gate episode. I know those are a lot more work for me, um, but I feel like there's a couple more things that I'd like to do in that vein of like uh, half recorded, half live stuff. The, well, the work you did on it was incredible. Yeah. I had a lot. Really I. I did not feel like work to me because I was so interested. And the problem when it comes to those things is I feel like some of these topics are so gigantic that you have to start making decisions, right? Because uh, you and I, I I don't think people want to listen to me for two hours necessarily, right? Yeah. And so like I want to distill as much as I can. And of course that means making compromises and making choices about the things you include and don't include. Yeah, definitely. 
So it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little bit difficult. I have a list of like 15 things I'd love to cover in a in a deeper kind of way. Um, in January, we'll be doing another Coast to Coast AM. I need to figure out what we're going to do. Is there a topic you want to talk about? Have we done any ghosts or anything really? Oh, we did Ghost to Coast AM. Did we do go? Yeah, we did the ghost. Oh, yeah, the ghost yep. episode. Um, okay, because there's also like something like disappearances we haven't really done. Oh, true. Like we could. Oh, I know what we can do, but it's going to make us angry. Okay, well, making sure us angry we... could be for make for an entertaining podcast. Let me just make sure that it exists. I wanted to do a, maybe like a David Politis Politis episode. Of yeah, he, and he's awful. But the problem is that like it's it's after Arts Time. Oh no. Okay, so that's not worth. He it. was on one episode of Arts Sirius XM show no no i i want to stick to coast to coast yeah so you know and honestly i want to do more ufo stuff sure, like it's can... my favorite paranormal thing although having i i took some recommendations uh from our listeners uh for example i started listening to the magnus archive and that show is great awesome i'm glad to hear that really great i, I don't i'm not usually one for fictional podcasts but Damn, it's really fun to listen to. I'm like at episode 70-something at this point. And this year, I also discovered the podcast Uncanny. Mm, right. Uh, which is a BBC Four show. It's a podcast, Radio Four. Anyway, really great. A lot of fun. They always have uh, an actual story on there with a skeptical point of view and a believer point of view. Oh, so it's, it's kind of balanced out, right? I think I think I'd watched one or seen one episode. Yeah, well, there's... They only have like two episodes for a TV show that they recently yes. did. Yeah, that's. I think they, I watched the first one. Yeah. Okay, and but I haven't. I don't know where to find it. Unfortunately, I can't find it anywhere. So maybe if Brian can find it off of the back of a truck, I'd love to watch it. <laughs> uh, but I, I've listened to the whole series. The it's been on since 2020, I think the podcast. So. Okay, so I have two options for our bell episodes. Either um, we do the the one that I always envisioned being the end game, which is the September 11th, 1997 episode with the infamous lost connection between the satellites or we can do an episode um from the same era about victor the alien which is probably whitley streamer okay that sounds fun okay so let's just do that um, yeah l- next, let's hold yeah. off on the september 11th one as much as possible yeah you want to be respectful i get it yeah all right angela for the last time in 2023 where can people find us doubledensity.net best place to go you can see our faces there you can see our guests faces more guests coming next year you can listen to the episodes there and more importantly you can fill out a form and send us well wishes <laughs> ghost stories evil wishes th- things we want to report on yeah 2024 problems questions tech tech questions so we could yeah. just say hey why don't you just google it just like i would do to my father all the time yeah also, you can find us on social media over on the health site, which I'm not posting to too much, double underscore density on Twitter slash X. And then more frequently over on Double Density Podcast. And uh, if you take a look at your podcast app of choice, we talked about this last week, not all of them are populating the right image. So I'm going to put up all four images that we used this year as a progression. And so if you'll notice today, a little bit redder, a little bit redder with a robot hiding out. Maybe. Yeah. No? I uh, Yeah, no, definitely. I um I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> I think uh I think I've had we've had a great year on the show. Yeah. I wanna thank everyone for listening. We've had some of the best numbers um since the start of this podcast in twenty seventeen. It's been a lot of fun to uh interact with people. We got a ton of listener mail this year. Like I'm very, very um grateful for every single person who listens, even if it's just, you know, 
an extra listener here and there. We'll, like, we love you guys. And get your reviews out on the Apple Store. Those are where they, uh, yeah. like, not go to the, don't go to the Apple Store and just randomly yeah, ring review the doorbell us the to, Apple like, store and yeah. go up to, like, a go up to Genius, Co- set up Genius. an appointment, yeah, yeah and say, okay, uh, I want to review a podcast. Yeah. Let us I'll know how dictate that goes. it to you. Yeah, that'd be great. <sighs> All right, Angelo. Closing the door in 2023. I will see you next episode, the first one of 2024, where you and I do discuss the mechanics of an actual working hoverboard. Angelo, I hope you'll bring your tools. I have them here right behind me, ready to go. <laughs>